don't know. You know what? Forget it, man. Just do what you got to do. Put your music out. I take it. I take it all <laughs> back. When I really think about it, I just put your music out. If it feels good to you and you want to share it with your friends and your family and, and the community around you, if, and it makes you happy, then do it. Put it out. When you are under the weather, getting caught in the storm, do you remember? I told you if we dance in the blizzard, we are not getting cold. So keep on dancing, baby. guys what's up everybody if anyone is still out there if there's anyone it's just gonna be crickets asking crickets no but this it what's today july 16th it's been 2020 the worst year of our lifetime honestly i'm glad that we're recording during this year because we're like documenting we're part of history. I actually saw this tweet the other day and it was like so many things like keep happening and everyone keeps saying that like we're a part of history but I don't want to be a part of history anymore. I know like I'm over it but yeah so when our grandkids are like doing a project on 2020 we'll just be like I have all these podcasts you can listen to. You can listen to 22 year old me talk about yeah. god knows what. There, I was literally watching the video that I took of us the last time we recorded in the library and we were talking about the pandemic we were like it's so weird i feel like things are gonna shut down and then like a week later the world's was like dead i so. didn't even realize that we did an episode like around when that was happening at school and no we'll have to go back and listen because we were literally talking about it like as a Scary. joke we we're like ha 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 what's that don't know <laughs> But yeah, so it is July. Um, I actually saw this tweet today and I wanted to read it because I just feel like it encapsulates, is that a word? Everything that I'm feeling and I feel like it's accurate. But the tweet is, I can't believe we're all in our 20s with literally no civility in life and we're alive during a pandemic and a wave of racial protesting injustice and an insane election, and we're supposed to plan our futures and know what we want to do. And I was just like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel, actually. I know, and everyone always says, like, before this happened, everyone was like, yeah, like, post-grad sucks. And I'm like, well, now it sucks a thousand times more. Yeah. It's, like, obviously scary and sucks, but it'll be cool to say that we were alive during this. And like, Yeah, I'm just hoping that, like, some sort of, like, change provokes from this, but time to tell. But um, we really wanted to do an episode about just, like, the climate that we're living in and Black Lives Matter, but we wanted to wait. Like, personally, I just felt like I needed to learn more and just, like, be better educated ally myself before we made an episode about it. Yeah, that's why we decided to do an episode today. And we have a special guest coming on in a little bit. Erica's coworker Danielle. I'm really excited to meet her. But we really just wanted to talk about why being an ally is so important, especially now, and just remembering that it's our job and our privilege to speak out. So yeah, so I feel like it's really important. Um, and I wanted to talk about four things just before we start to remember just going about your life and like things that have helped me. And this is in no means like a uh, way of us to 
be talking on this, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, we will never understand what it feels like to be a person of color, but it's just something that's helped me, and I hope it helps other people that are struggling. Because I know a lot of people have been like, I don't know, like, what to, like, post, or, like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, once you take the step and you're, like, educating yourself, it's easier to talk about. But anyway. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we, like, didn't want to come out and talk about it right away, because, like, both of us obviously are, like, on completely, like, the other side of everything. Like, we, like, mm-hmm. Katie said, we'll never understand. So, like, for me, especially, like, when all this started happening, I realized, like, how little I actually knew, and, like, I would never want to like get on here and just start like talking about stuff that I don't have the knowledge to be talking about. Exactly. We're just using this as a way, as a platform for us to hear um, about Danielle's experiences. And yeah, so we're here to listen and we're here to learn. Just wanted to reiterate that it's not the responsibility of any people of color to educate us. That's our responsibility. And we're so thankful that Danielle's like willing to share and talk with us. If a person of color corrects you don't get defensive thank them I know there's a lot of unlearning we all have to do but that's just something important to remember uh let black voices be heard obviously and then finally it's not political it's human rights so yeah I hope you guys are so excited to hear this episode and learn and we're gonna post on our Instagram just resources that have helped us I actually just ordered another book so you want to talk about race last night and I'm excited to get it from a Black-owned bookstore. We're just doing the work. It's our responsibility, and I'm really excited for this episode and just to get back into podcasting. Me and Arga, you guys might not realize, but we do have so many ideas, and we've had things planned. (laughs) I feel like people just think that, like, every time we want to talk about something, we just do an episode, and then we disappear for, like, a month. Yeah. I'm like, no, like, we literally have plans, guys. I would like to refresh everybody's memory back in September of whatever year that was. We did so well for, like, four months. It was every week on the dot. We were doing great. And then, like, the world just crumbled. Yeah, it was, like, finals, and then we got a little off, but we were still doing good. Like, we pre-recorded two episodes for, like, winter break, and then, yeah, we got back, and we were still doing good. Like, we did an episode about, like, recruitment and sororities and stuff, and then Corona. And, and then we were we just are. like, well, and then Katie and I spent, like, our last, like, couple weeks at our college house while we were like moving out and I was like I can't be bothered yeah we did one episode which was we did one episode with Alexis which was so fun but we just didn't want to like put any more of our time that we have left into like doing this because we know we could do it remotely and we just wanted to like spend the time together sad now we're just sad like I still live near campus and like I get emo on the daily because like I'm here but like it's not the same like at all and I don't really feel like we graduated because like I know I feel going back (laughs) I just like this feels like any other summer to me because like the people that are normally here for the summer are still here I'm doing the same things that I'd be doing working at Orange Theory going to the beach swimming in the pool and coming home and sleeping for the rest of the day like that's like still the things that I do so I'm like Sometimes I get this, like, false sense of reality that I'm like, oh, like, this is regular. Yeah. I, I think Danielle was here. First, I was just like, hey, I'm so excited to meet you. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Me and Erica are really excited. Um, yeah, thank you, Katie. Thank you for having of me. Of course. Yeah, so we haven't had an episode in, like, two months or so because we graduated and then we moved home and we were just – 
personally, I was just trying to like take time and just understand like the climate that the world is in now and do my own research yeah. and learning. So I just didn't mm-hmm. think it was like right. And I just wanted to be like sensitive to um, mm-hmm. just like everything going on in the world. But I did mm-hmm. feel like we had an obligation to not even an obligation. Like I felt really passionately about speaking out, even though our platform is small, like we do have one. And um, that's something that I want to just stand for and say that like our podcast is a safe space and we are allies. So I just really wanted to make an episode about that for our listeners and like encourage them to do their own learning too. Mm-hmm. So for sure. it's, it's definitely an age. We're definitely in an age of, of learning, unlearning, relearning. It's crazy, but it's the only way to make a better tomorrow for everybody. So yeah, exactly. Thank you. So of course. So if you want to just introduce yourself, um, talk about your story, your experiences, and the job you have now. I know we wanted to talk about the music industry too, because we do a little career highlight. And if mm-hmm. people are interested in getting into the music industry, they can listen to this and hopefully it'll help them out. Heck yeah. Well, my name is Danielle. Uh, I'm from Smyrna, Delaware, originally. Not really too much at all going on there, but uh, <laughs> when you're, I feel like sometimes when you're from like a small town, th- those some, some of the most eclectic people can come out of there because they get so bored <laughs> that they do anything, say anything, like we're always looking for some way to be creative. So yeah, grew up in a small town, um, went to a whole lot of church. My mom used to sing in church, which was, you know, like my first influence to music and live music and performance. Um, I grew up not really having too, too many outlets other than church. Then I, you know, got real gay real quick and that seemed like an outlet that was kind of closed off to me or uh, for a while um so I started hanging out with kids who played guitars <laughs> and and kids who like you know had their own kind of music thing going on uh like production wise and stuff and, and making music that, that felt good for me at the time I actually love gospel music now as an adult it's like actually I, I have one station tuned in my car Something about gospel players, man. There's a whole, whew, there's a whole feeling there that that that's hard to to mimic. Um, but yeah, I started making music in high school, like original music in high school with my cousins. We were in like this like really cool rap group. We would play like school like coffee houses and and where honestly anywhere anybody would let us play. It was really fun. Um, and then I moved up here with my my indie folk blues band Hoochie Coochie, and uh, then I started really kind of hitting the, the indie rock scene heavy with them. And uh, that's been so fun. My drummer is my partner of like 10 years. Um, the base of the band, we've all known each other, is like kind of like the small town music scene filtering itself through. We used to play in all separate bands and then everybody like got pregnant, had kids and drifted off. And then we were kind of like what was left. So we're like the leftovers <laughs> of what was from our, our little scene. Uh, moved up here and started working with Erica and the Gable Music Ventures crew doing like booking and stuff like that. Um, thought that I was going to be out of a job, but honestly, it's kind of just developed into a whole new thing with this whole new age of uh, uh, digital performances and stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing. Content creator, just trying to push out goodness and love because that's, that's all it's really about, honestly. I love that. That's so awesome. I know Erica mm-hmm. only speaks so highly of Gable and she's always like so excited when she comes home and she always used to tell me about what you guys are up to and it's just so fun to see all the people actually doing yeah what they like love mm-hmm. to do you know so I yeah 
Yeah, it really is a dream. Both of us love working for that specific company because, like, we really try and support, like, minority groups, like, women in itself Mm -hmm. in the industry is a minority group. And even from there, we really try and, like, every time we do events, like, make sure our lineup's really diverse. And, like, our purpose is to give people a platform and a stage to perform on that wouldn't really get Mm -hmm. one. And, like, we might be in Wilmington, Delaware, and most people don't even know what that is, but, like, I think it's mm-hmm. so cool that we're, like, giving a stage to people that, like, wouldn't be able to get it themselves. Absolutely. The music industry for so long has been, like, such a boys club, you know, and yeah. if you weren't one of those boys or knew one of those boys, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to, to get your foot in the door sometimes. Um, even just to get them to open up an email or check you out, it's it's just so much that comes into like name recognition and and who referred you. So working with Gable has been tight for me. We were doing, I think we were still a two piece when I was playing with Hoochie Coochie, and we were still based out of like Dover and playing really like like junky dive bars and like just like no, you're definitely not getting paid. You're probably paying to play. And uh, somebody referred me to come up here and check them out and do like a Wilmo Wednesday when they were doing that in a. That's where I met Jeremy and Gail, and they were like, you're phenomenal. We'd love to book you <laughs> some more. There's not enough women of color, especially not enough queer women of color in this area making music, so please let us give you that platform. So love them. Big, big shout out to the two of them. So I guess that kind of leads, like, into our next question. So, like, being a woman of color in the music industry and also just, like, in your career and in the world, like, how have you felt like that's affected you trying to get to where you are now um I feel like it's it's a bit of a blessing and a curse you really have to embrace who you are so like in the, in the music industry it's going to be you're, it's very easy to lose yourself trying to pretend to be somebody else you create this character and that character can very quickly take over and do things that you may not necessarily do so I feel like to be yourself is super important um because it'll make it entertaining it'll make it fun and it'll, it'll make it personal to you um it has allowed me to create relationships and bonds with people who are looking for that because they see that in themselves, whether it's that they're queer or they're a woman or they're a person of color in, in, a, in an industry. And especially when you're making like rock music where, you know, when I first would do some of these shows, I, we were the only people of color on, on any of these lineups and definitely the only women. Um, and then now as time is developed, you know, there's, there's more and more uh, with inclusivity and stuff like that. But um, the thing that makes you different is what people are going to attach to and, and, you know, and really vibe with anyway. So even though it may have hindered us from, from reaching or getting to certain places, playing certain venues, it has brought the people that love us for who we are to us. And that's really the kind of fan base that you want. You want the people that are going to love you for who you are. Um, and times are changing, man. Everybody's looking, everybody's looking for that, that different stuff right now. So it's what used to be. A blessing and a curse. I honestly can just be like, it's, it's an absolute blessing to, to be who I am and to be true to myself. Um, I've got nothing but nothing but good stuff coming out of this. So. Amazing. I love that. I wanted to touch on really quickly. I know you said, obviously, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think it's really mm-hmm. important for people to hear if they're not already aware about intersectionality, especially in different careers and how that can affect them. And just like injustices that they face in their everyday life that someone wouldn't think about if they are, say, a straight, white, cis male in the music industry, you know, and how mm-hmm. they don't even think twice about the way that affects someone else who doesn't have the same privileges as them. So if you want to yeah. just speak on your experience on that. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. So I remember I used to, I've always been the band manager for my band. And um, it's just something I, I was always into. Nobody else kind of took that role. So I was like, I guess I'll do it. And then slowly but surely, like kind of fell in love with that, that managerial position. It's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> but I would always sign my emails and stuff, you know, Danielle or, or you know, Danny with the IE, which is, you know, pretty feminine. Um, and I would very often send out, you know, 10, 20 cold emails and then, you know, get maybe two or three responses back. And looking back, it definitely was tended to be um, people who were looking for people of color or queer or women um, kind of opportunities. Uh, but I was playing a blues show one time. I was doing a competition and one of the guys was like, hey, you guys are phenomenal. We didn't win, uh, but the guy was like, hey, you guys are really good. You guys are phenomenal. I would love to see you play you know play around more he's like i just want to give you a hint of advice because i book i've I've worked in booking before he was like you should start signing your emails you know uh and this is after he'd asked me who our manager was and i was like we don't have one it's me he was you should start signing your emails with one of the men in your band's name or, or just make up a you know some dude some fake dude manager and i started doing it and i noticed almost like an immediate uh uh change in the percentage of how I would get responses back. Like it went from one to, out of 20 to almost every single one. I started using D-A-N-N-Y, which is usually kind of more of a masculine Danny, or I would just use like Mark's name, Mark Reed the third. And uh, that's a super, super white dude name. So that, that got a lot of response back as well. Um, then they, they would, of course they would meet us and they'd look for Mark and Mark is like, you know, my goofy bass player. And he would just point at me like, she's the one man. She's the one you need to talk to. Um, wow. It, yeah, going to shows and stuff like that. A lot of times they would want to talk to the dudes in my band who don't have a clue about any of the logistics of the stuff that's going on. Although we have band meetings and I tell them that's just not some people's forte. So I make sure to get them everywhere on time. But yeah, very often I have to be kind of pushed to the front by the rest of the band to be like, no, 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 she doesn't just sing. She's not just the talent. She also runs the whole <laughs> everything. Um. And it's like that sometimes. It really is like that. I feel like most of the opportunities that I have had have come from um, one of my dude friends kind of introducing me. Because for some reason, when a woman says, I'm good at this, like, check out my this or that, uh, some, she very, very much and very often can get overlooked and ignored and passed, passed on and passed, passed through. So, Wow, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I remember yeah, when you yeah. first told me that story at work, and I was just like, "What?" Like, I, uh -huh. I don't see it like being just on like more of like the social media marketing promo side. Like, I don't really mm -hmm. have to deal with any of that, and like any of that like booking stuff and like contacting with people, and like they always talk about like how like stereotypical like managers and agents are. So it's just insane, like how something like as simple as like a signature on an email can change how serious someone will take you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's wild. It, it really, really is. But like I said, I really feel like times are changing. I feel like I'm having more people and more venues and more anything and everything kind of reaching out because nobody wants to look like, first of all, nobody wants to look like an ass. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if people are calling, like I, I really like the younger generation. They're really calling all these venues out. They're, they're, they're saying all this stuff and being like, well, you know, here are your last you know, months before COVID, you didn't have a, not a one black person in your establishment. Why is that? This is, you know what I'm saying? This is a, this is a blues band. This is a rock bar. You mean to tell me you can't find any, you know, people of color to, so, and, and venues have been reaching out to me being like, Hey, would you like to do a live stream? We're trying to be more inclusive and, and you guys are, 
you guys are great still. Well, that kind of leads into something else you want to talk about, too, is, like, kind of how social media plays a part in this whole movement of, like, the music industry and just the world becoming more inclusive. Like, how do you, I guess, feel about, like, the different things that have been going on through social media, like, different efforts to, like, help people get educated or whether it be, like, Mm -hmm. what you just said, like, calling out other businesses or organizations on social media, Mm -hmm. like, what do you think I guess of that environment on like Instagram and Facebook and what do you think is like the most effective thing people can take from that to kind of take their own steps to be more inclusive and really just help the world become a safer space for everyone well I really genuinely am enjoying watching everything that's going on on social media right now I feel like this was the true purpose of it you know at first it used to just kind of be like look what I'm eating or you know um, I'm, I'm out in Hawaii check it out but now <laughs> we're using our platforms to to spread truth and to bring light to situations that you know otherwise people are just ignoring um these issues aren't new they've been here since the dawn time especially since the dawn of America and uh, I- I'm just really glad to see everybody making an effort. It almost kind of looks, it looks bad if you don't say anything nowadays, you know? So you go to somebody's right. page and it's just like they look completely oblivious to anything. They're like taking pictures with their friends at the beach and you're like, yo, where's your face mask? Where's your, like, where's your sensitivity? What are you doing with yourself? Um, so I love it. I-, I think it's good. This is like what it- I feel like it was supposed to evolve into. Um, it used to be full of drama and now it's just full of education. Uh, I know I personally, I have like, you know, I have my band page and then I have my own personal page. And uh, I've always just, I've always, since I was a kid, was like, I don't want to use this to be some like, you know, bad bougie girl and have everybody wanting to, you know, be with me or whatever. I've always felt the calling and I don't know, maybe it's my church or my, my, you know, my church roots, but I've always felt the calling to, to spread, to use my platform to spread love and light and positivity. Um, I feel like if that's, if there's any legacy that I want to leave is that. So I love retweeting things. I'm I'm a big fact checker. I do like to check the facts before I retweet or before I post stuff. Um, but there's a lot of good information out there and we live in the age of technology. So it's, it's nothing to, to research something that you need to know very quickly, you know, like where is the next um, uh, um, protest going to be in, in my town or how can I get involved with the community garden in my neighborhood all that is is online and you can share that on your platforms and you never know who who watches you and looks up to you um so I think it's important that that everybody take that step you know even if you're not doing something just making sure you're sharing the, the right stuff um to bring to bring peace and to bring inclusivity to to what we got going on Yeah, I love everything you just said. I want to comment really quick Mm -hmm. just because it's something that I noticed when um, in the beginning of June at the peak of the Black Lives Matter movement was the Mm -hmm. silence of some people. And it was like Mm -hmm. very just shocking, I guess, to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I remember, I think it was like the first week of June. Yeah. On Blackout Mm -hmm. Day when it was like, be sensitive, listen, don't be posting what your work is, like support black voices black businesses and i remember this one girl she posted her like on a hike with like her family and i'm just like are like i'm embarrassed you waited for tomorrow you, you, you can't wait until tomorrow like yo like is it yeah. that important that you can't be sensitive and like just not like you really had to post that like mm-hmm. it bothered me so much to the point where i wanted to like 
message her and say, you really should take this down because it looks very insensitive. And I'm but like, you, but you know what though, you don't even want to tell people. That's why, like, when it comes to like Confederate flags, I'm like, leave it up. I want to know. Put it right in your yard because I want to know how you think about the country that you live in. And when you see people being insensitive, like I'm, I don't, I feel like we have a lot of learning to do and we have a lot of growing. And I'm not going to be angry with anybody, but I do think that that's definitely a show of character, you know, like you're not, you're not paying attention or either you're not paying attention or, you know, it upsets you and you don't want to, you don't want to take a look at it. You know, it's the same thing with therapy. The first thing that you have to do when you go into therapy is you address the issues, you address the hurt and you address the pain. That's the first step to healing. So as a country, I feel like right now we're looking at the horrible things and, and it does hurt. It is uncomfortable, but that's the only way that we're going to be able to heal and have a, and, and be a better country and be better for the kids that are growing up here and be better for, for everybody. So yeah. mm-hmm. there was, there was a graphic circulating on the fourth um, of July actually that I saw. And it was like, I think it's more patriotic to admit where we need to do work and admit what we are struggling with as a country than just ignore it and pretend like everything's fine. And I love mm-hmm. this country and yada, yada, yada. Like I just, it just is numbing when people don't acknowledge what's going on. So, I don't know. I think social media, like you said, is such a great platform and it should have always mm-hmm. been used for this, not just yep. posting our breakfast and our outfits. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad that it is being used for this because I know personally, like, I'm really grateful because I've learned so much already just by the people I follow posting resources. So mm-hmm. I think it's like, I really hope it stays like this and incorporates into just social media always in the future. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's definitely been a beautiful thing, especially since, well, you know, with, with COVID and quarantine going on, and we all had n- nothing else to do but, like, you know, you're either going to watch a movie, read a book, or look at your phone, and your phone is by far the easiest, so it was like, it kind of, we were in this time where it was just like, perfect opportunity to be like, hey, here's some information about the country we live in, you don't have anything else to do, you should read this, and people were, you know, educating themselves, they were, they were for educating themselves, so. Yeah, and I think it's also really important for people to just like, thinking of someone else's perspective, and listening to them, rather than mm-hmm. speaking on their experiences. Yeah, because that point is, is that it's a different experience. And I think that's a, what a lot of, especially when I, when I talk to like, maybe like some middle-aged, some of my middle-aged white friends and they don't quite understand. And it's because they grew up in this place of privilege and they don't understand, they don't understand the systematic craziness that happens, how one thing affects one thing affects one thing, and how you could end up in a com- completely different place and b- grow up in the same town. Um, and I think that now more than ever, people are, are wanting to be educated because it really doesn't matter. The information has always been there, but now people are in this place where they want to be educated. Um, and that's, that's good. That's a really good place to be. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's not your place to educate others, but I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and chat with us about it. Yeah, honestly, though, I feel like it's everybody's job to educate everybody. (laughs) And and, and that's just kind of my own personal thing. But if if you have knowledge that I need, like, tell me, you know, and and even if it's not necessarily, you know, your quote unquote job, isn't that kind of what's going to make the world better? You know, like you can take it or leave it. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, and that's why like I've loved working with Danielle like mainly like 
in our business like we do a lot of work on social media together and like I kind of got put in this role of taking over like all the social media right as all of this started happening <laughs> yeah I, remember that. Yeah, I know it was a lot I was like girl like I need your help like I don't <laughs> I'm not educated enough to like speak on this and to like be in charge of this mm-hmm. like take the wheels girlfriend mm-hmm because you don't know, you do, it's very easy to, to offend people nowadays. And sometimes it's, it's definitely good to have a workplace where you do have diversity because then you can just like, hey, what does this read like to you? Because I don't want to look like an ass or make, you know, my company exactly. look like an ass. And when you have that somebody else there who can read it as a black person or a queer person or, or, or anything really, um, it, it does make it a lot easier you know and you're and and then you learn you learn you learn as you go so there's this thing um in meditation where when you practice it's for some people they get frustrated because they it's you know it it takes practice but practicing is frustrating And, and learning something can be frustrating but when it comes to meditation what you have to do is be able to forgive yourself and gently move your attention back to you know your breath or whatever the thing in your mind is that you're that you're meditating and you're focusing on and i feel like that's what we have that's the that's the mode that we all have to be in right now like you we have to forgive ourselves um for doing the things that we did not know we were you know we were supposed to be doing and and bring it back to a place of learning and, and education and kindness and empathy Totally. I love that. So I guess let's move on to like a little bit more focused on like working in music and like something Mm -hmm. a little more fun for you to talk about because I want you to definitely talk about like your band and all the stuff you have going on. But oh yeah. We do this little segment that we call Mythbusters. Yeah, we stole the name mm-hmm. from the TV show. We did steal uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Yo, RIP to that dude. You see that guy just passed away recently? Yeah, I yes. did too. I was oh, like, so dang. So RIP, dude. Time. I don't remember your name, but thank you for all the science education. <laughs> I feel like, guys, really quick side note. I feel like so many people have passed away, like, this week. Or, like, this year? Yo, yes. The lady who, who, who created the Magic School Bus passed away, too. No, no way. way. I didn't know Yeah, that. she passed. And then yeah. also, I don't know if you guys saw the movie, um, The Last Song. Yes, the, the mom girl, in the, the last song. The mom passed mm-hmm. away. And then Naya Rivera. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Hers was crazy, though. She, like, fell off a boat and drowned all crazy or something that like that. That was so wasn't? sad, yeah. Yeah, I was like, dang. What a and, it was, and then they found her body the same day that Corey Monteith, who was also in Glee, passed away seven years ago. How weird is that? Oh my god, yeah. that is weird. That like is weird super coincidences. Weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The universe <sighs> is doing something crazy right now. Yeah. Twenty twenty, man. I can't. Twenty twenty is real. Oh my god. All right, let's <laughs> All make right. let's make this well, happy again. Let's bring it back. Yeah, let's, so let's, let's make it happy. <laughs> so I'm gonna read you like a statement about like assumptions people have about like being in music, and then you're gonna tell mm-hmm. me if you think it's a myth or if you think it's true. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So the first one is that when working in like the music industry and that kind of like cutthroat environment, people will do whatever it takes to get what they want. Lie, pretend they're somebody else, anything just to get where they need to get. Um, dang girl, that's both. That is both for, for sure. I've definitely seen some people do some pretty shady things, but then I also know, you know, I know artists who, who stay true to themselves. Um, it's an easy something to fall into though. I I would call it, I would call it a myth because it sounds like every, 
the way that you read it, it sounds like everyone does that. Mm-hmm. But some people can. Some people can and some people do. For sure. Yeah. It's sad, too. It's a really sad thing because um, it always ends up being, like, one of the most talented people you know, just kind of being led astray, and, and somebody tells them if they do this one thing, then, then everything will change for them. And it's a slippery slope, but. That's why yeah. you got to stay true to who you are and, and you won't have issues like that. You'll, you'll just know. You got to trust your gut. All right. Next one yeah. is that it's extremely hard to get paid gigs. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm for real. I'm going to say that that's true. It, it is hard to get paid gigs because paid gigs come with a bit of research. Somebody somewhere has to approves that the quality of work that you put out is worth paying for. And that can take years of experience and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment to, to get the sound that you're looking for. Um, but it is not worth not doing. Like if that's something you want to do, if you want to get paid gigs, then you should strive for that. You should strive for that level of quality. Um, so I'm going to say true, but I'm going to say, but it's not unattainable y'all. You got to work hard for it. You got to work for it, baby. All right. That kind of leads into the next one is getting opportunities is all about who you know and who you network with. Oh, yes. But that's everything. That's music business. That's um, everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, hun. Like college degrees are cool. But let me tell you something. It's it's your networking game that could really change it up for you. Uh, I'm not college educated in the slightest. (laughs) <laughs> I took a class for writing, and I and it was it was pretty cool, uh, and I kind of use that because I, I do write. But for the most part, all the best things that have happened to me, all the good opportunities that have come to me, were because of somebody told somebody about my band. Um, even when it comes to to get to, to my job of working with you, Erica, like it was networking. I had worked with Jeremy, you know, throughout you know a couple years. He loved the way I, I operated as a, you know, as a professional. And then he also loved the quality of work that I did when I was on stage. So um, when there was a position that opened up, I was the one that he, that he reached out to. So now I get to live this crazy life of working in the entertainment industry and also being an entertainer. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one is that people often won't give you the time of day if you aren't a big name. Hmm. That's a that's a bit of that's a bit of both for sure. I feel like it's it's hard to to be a big name. People will pay attention to you if you're a big name, no matter what. Like sometimes I find myself opening up stuff. Like I I got caught up in that Will and Jada stuff for a minute, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't give a freak about these people in the relationship. Uh, and if it would have been anybody else, I would have just you know breezed by it. And, you know, you don't really care. Um, but you can get people to pay attention to you. I, I used to I actually was thinking about this the other day. I remember when I would play shows with people, they would do this thing in between where they'd be like, hey, man, you guys got to stick around and watch every single one of these bands. And I remember thinking to myself, you should be a band that people want to stick around for. If you want to be a big name, you got to act like a big name. You got to have big name quality things going on. I don't really, I can't really say that I've had too much experience, especially in the last couple of years of showing up to a place, even when they didn't know my name and having people walk out on my set. But it's because I practice with my band on a, you know, on a weekly basis. I'm always checking, just watching myself. I watch myself like a football player. Sometimes I turn the volume off because I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to <laughs> see what I look like on stage. I want it to look appetizing. I don't want, you know, I, I want 
to to be the reason why you stay in here, not because somebody told you that it's nice to stand and watch for bands. And uh, the, when you do that and you build that fan base, then you can become a big name. So I, I'm going to say it's, it's true. People will definitely, you know, pass pass by if they ain't, they've never heard of you. But uh, it's up to you to, to get there. You know, you, it's, it's a lot of moving parts in this. And you got to figure out what they are and how to how to make each how to make each piece fit for you and work for you. Also, like yeah. all the big names have to start somewhere, you know, like yeah, all yeah. big names smart small start small yep. unless they're born to like a famous family. <laughs> yeah, right like, for sure. Like Taylor Swift like, wasn't Taylor Swift like the day she was born. She had to like become Taylor Swift, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not like Paris Jackson. I'm, I'm very interested in watching her show just because I'm like, what the heck is this? But, you know, her dad was Michael Jackson. She was going to mm-hmm. be famous no matter what. It was, yeah. She didn't have a choice in that, you know? Like, oof. But oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm curious to see what that show's going to be about. Because I've seen a couple commercials. Fame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. And I just have a quick question um, mm-hmm. for anyone that is interested in going into music right now but are feeling discouraged because of COVID and just like the difference that it has had on the music industry but it also Mm -hmm. has done some good like I know you guys were really successful with Ladybug Music Festival so stuff Mm -hmm. like that is really like exciting but I don't know how if people are interested in joining and they feel like they shouldn't right now if you have any advice for them or just your experience with that. I think it's fine to be sensitive to kind of what's going on. Like even for me, putting out new music and stuff like that is a bit iffy. I'm kind of more focusing on like the really positive music because, you know, any anybody can get on a track and, you know, make some crazy rock music about some girl, you, you know, that broke your heart, you know, two years ago. But it may not necessarily be well received um, as far mm-hmm. as like, and that's just releases. For me, I feel like this is a vital time to be creating something because, our, you know, the fact that we make music and art is what separates us from animals. It, that, that's a very human thing to do. And it's, it's what gets me through a lot of stuff. Um, I never get tired of, like, band practice and rehearsals. And, like, that's my favorite time. Nobody's there. It's just me and these other creators creating. And that's, like, such a magical, magical thing to do. And even when I'm by myself and I'm just, like, jamming on my bass, trying to figure something out, trying to write something to see if I can take it to practice, it just feels like you're connected to a high or something. So I recommend everybody who has any kind of feeling towards music, definitely experiment with that. Um, and, you know, you, you just got to find the people who like what you do. Um, if, if that's what you want to do, you know, you want to be some like an artist who, who makes money doing it and stuff like that and gigging. Um, but, but be careful about what you put out right now because you can be seen as, as insensitive. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't put it out. It doesn't mean you can't put it out. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. That's a hard yeah, one. I'm kind of in this because I'm kind of in this position right now where I'm like I'm this black queer woman. So people are like, "Please give us music." <laughs> Everybody's kind of like looking at me like, "Give me a, give me a thing." But I can definitely see where for some people, um, it, it might seem a little, it might sneak. I know you know. I forget it, man. Just do what you got to do. Put your music out. I take it. I take it all back. <laughs> When I really think about it, I, just put your music out. If it feels good to you and you want to share it with your friends and your family and, and the community around you, um, being a musician right now, people miss us. 
people text me all the time. I'm, I'm, you know, two years ago, I was at a Hoochie Coochie show. It came up on my timeline in Michigan. I don't even be knowing uh-huh. these people. Yeah, so so it makes people happy, and and if that if and it makes you happy, then do it. Put it out. I, yeah, I mean, you can't really play out too many places. You might go to your park with a with a face mask on and just jam it, jam there, you know, and that'll probably lift some people's people's day and stuff. How do you guys think yeah. that drive-in concerts are going to be a thing? I heard that's like a rumored thing now. I'm oh no, that's not a rumor that. thing. That's the thing that's going on. There's oh, really? I got one. Yep, I got one in August, uh, August thirtieth <laughs> at Glasgow in, in Newark, Delaware. So if you if you got some nothing going on, definitely come see us. But um, it's just another way people people are going to do what they want to do anyway. And, and I feel like when you create ways like that, when you do like driving, it allows people to be socially distant and but feel some type of um, uh, normalcy, you know, yeah. like they're like, oh my God, there's live music going on. Because if you don't and you try to keep everything underground, then that can get dangerous, you know, when we don't have the city and the state being like, how can we do for our people? How can we give them something uh, but still keep them safe? So when you have the, you know, the towns and the cities come in and be like, all right, we're going to do this, but these are our guidelines and this is what's going to keep us safe and it's, you know, it's good for everybody. That's so exciting. I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. I think they do it. They've been doing them in Delaware at Frawley Stadium. I haven't had a chance to go, and I and I heard it's like, it's like twenty dollars a head, so it's expensive. Um, uh, but there's, I mean, but it's like you know, you got your cooler, you got your kids, and you're in there chilling in your car. And I feel like people I, will I pay think, anything for live music right now because everyone just misses it so much. I miss yeah. it so much. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I oh my god. Yeah, like a concert. But I know. It's going to be a while sure. before we're at like a real, real one. Yeah, um, where we can all get smushed up on each other. But, so, I know, but right? you know what? Venues are opening back up. They're trying to do, you know, limited seating, limited capacity. It's hard to get a full band in anywhere right now unless you're like going down to Dewey Beach. But I highly do not recommend going down there. <laughs> <laughs> After Labor Day, them people were jacked up, man. They really they took the numbers to a new place. But PSA, Venues don't go to Beach, guys. Don't go. Just stay away just for a little bit, y'all. Just, just for a little stay bit. stay away. <laughs> God, they had everybody <laughs> up on each other at the bar. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Well, thank you so much for everything. I definitely want to give you this time to plug all your social media platforms for your band and any upcoming things you're working on or places you can be seen at. Like I said, we got Glasgow coming up. Um, we're gonna live stream that too. I think we're just gonna end up live streaming everything we do from now on. So people who don't, who still don't feel comfortable coming out and stuff like that, um, can be able to enjoy it. Um, we've been doing some really cool work with theater and the 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 sound technician, um, the technical now the technical director, bought a brand new uh, sound system. Had nobody to test it on because COVID happened, and we all live right down the street. So they've been, you know, we're the only band that goes in there. They've been letting us, you know, jam and practice and do rehearsals. So we should be getting some really cool live streams out of there soon. Um, everything is mic'd and we got levels and it's going and different camera angles and the girls gonna be looking good, y'all. Y'all gonna love it. Uh, so definitely make sure you follow us online. Uh, Cross Border uh, Hoochie Coochie Music. Um, you can if you go to our website, we definitely have merch on there. We have T-shirts and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, that's hoochiecoochie.net. You can also sign up for our fan club. So when we have different stuff coming out, we have a, um, we have already shot a music video. We're waiting on some some blogs to get back to us about publishing it and premiering it. So definitely be sure to check out our website and sign up for our fan club so you don't miss out on any of that stuff. 
Um, and yeah, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. You can check us out. That's a H O O C H I C O O C H I Coochie Coochie Baby. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for taking the time to come chat with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Erica. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was and so Katie, fun. Thank it was you so wonderful much. to meet you. Yes, you yeah, do. Yes, ladies. And here is a snippet from Danielle's band Hoochie Coochie. This is one of their songs, Rocket Shift Blues. Go fly my rocket to the moon. Got my helmet, got my boot. And you can fly. episode that was so fun I'm so glad we got to have her come on and like I was telling Katie beforehand like she's just like someone who like lights up a room when she like talks and I feel like you can kind of just hear that even through her voice like she's just a a good person like she just wants to do good in the world and there needs to be more people around like that so definitely check out her music on Spotify or on Apple Music whatever you listen to I've heard her live before she's absolutely amazing and her band is awesome um but yeah I hope all of you one learned something from hearing from her I know I learn something from her every time I speak to her at work she is full of insight so definitely keep yourself educated keep yourself keep everything that's going on in the front of your mind and just make sure that you're taking steps every day just kind of make sure you're trying to make this world what it's supposed to be and I think we can all improve on doing that I always every day just like try to do one thing to just one thing like that wake up in the morning and say what's one thing I can do to be better today I love like those kinds of affirmations and then at the end of the day if you didn't accomplish anything you didn't make your bed you didn't move at least you could say you accomplished that one thing you said yeah and tomorrow's a new day man exactly so set some goals for yourself and always strive to be better inspiration by this is erica's ted talk actually (laughs) this is my ted talk thanks for coming everyone (laughs) all right we'll talk to you guys next time baby